Welcome to the Disney Wedding Podcast, brought to you by Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons, the only guidebook and bridal organizer tailored exclusively to Disney's fairy tale weddings. I'm your host, Carrie Hayward. Each week I feature a different aspect of Disney weddings, from the latest news, information, and money-saving tips, to interviews with wedding vendors and real Disney brides and grooms. I also cover honeymoons, anniversaries, and engagements at the Disney parks and resorts. Join me now as the Disney Wedding Podcast celebrates romance at Disney destinations worldwide. Today on the Disney Wedding Podcast, I am speaking with recent bride Cammie Landy about her ceremony at the Japan Pavilion at Epcot and her reception at Tower of Terror. And I thought you guys would be interested to hear how she chose those locations and how everything turned out at those locations. So welcome, Cammie. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Thanks so much for being on the show today. Can you tell me first how you guys decided you even wanted a Disney wedding at all? Well, we became huge Disney fans. My husband's been a Disney fan for pretty much his entire life. And he got me into Disney and we started going every year. And after he proposed in Disney, it kind of wasn't a question of if we were going to have a Disney wedding or not. It was just automatically assumed we just started planning right away that's wonderful do you guys go a lot or well we were going every single year but now that i'm a cast member at disney world we're there about three times a week maybe (laughs) we spend quite a bit of time on disney property wow that's fascinating did you guys move down afterwards or how did that happen we just recently moved here my husband um applied for multiple jobs in florida and he ended up getting a job at SeaWorld. So once he got the job, I said, well, I might as well try to forgive me. And I got it. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about how you guys decided on your ceremony and reception venues, especially Tower of Terror, because often people ask about that and they're told it's not an option. So I'd be interested to know what the process was for you guys. Well, as far as the ceremony location went, we knew that we wanted everything to be in part. They had offered to show me the wedding pavilion, and I know it's absolutely gorgeous in there, and I love the view of the castle, but we wanted that very deep Disney feel to the wedding. So we realized that Epcot was probably our best bet for in-park location, and it gave us so many options around the world of where we could have the wedding. And Japan was the most natural fit for us because... My husband and I actually bonded over our love of Japanese culture. He actually speaks Japanese, so that was our first choice. We were very excited when we got that. And as far as reception went, we had discussed all the options because they had suggested a brunch reception for us, which wasn't quite as fitting for us because we wanted that, that night atmosphere and the dance atmosphere to it. So we were talking about the hotel locations that we could have it at, but we still wanted in park. And jokingly, we said, well, what about the Hollywood Tower Hotel? But it ended up not being a joke for us. We All I did was ask about it, and they offered it. They said it was an unusual option, but it was the perfect option for us. That's really cool. Tell me how that worked then when you had your ceremony, which has to happen in the morning at Epcot, and then you had your reception at the end of the day because you have to have in-park events at Hollywood Studios after the park closes. 
That's right. That's one of the things that we were cautioned on when we started planning. They told us there's going to be quite a bit of time in between ceremony and reception. So what we decided was with the guests that we were inviting, it was all close family and they all understood the plans. So early morning was no big deal for us. And then we decided, well, we'll spend the time in the park that we want to. So my husband and I went to Magic Kingdom and we invited any of our guests to come along with us. And quite a few of them did. So we spent quite a few hours going through the Magic Kingdom. We did Enchanted Tales with Belle and we actually got to have our picture taken with Belle while I was wearing portion of my wedding dress. So I was absolutely in love with that. But then they suggested having a pre-reception. And I had originally wanted a pre-reception with Fantasmic, but because of the time constraints, it wasn't the most feasible option. So they suggested Illuminations. We did the pre-reception at Rue de Perry with Illuminations before heading over to Hollywood Studios. And did you have food service at the pre-reception? We did. We had bright appetizers, but we had explained to the guests that it was going to be a very late night for them and that dinner wasn't going to start until around 10 o'clock. So everybody kind of had their fill at the free reception, and then by the time we got over to the reception, they were ready for another round. That's great. How did they work that with paying for the um, venue fees and the food and beverage minimums? Because you have to meet a food and beverage minimum at Rue de Paris and then again at Tower of Terror. It wasn't really a big issue for us meeting the food and beverage minimums because our main focus, the one thing we decided on that we wanted to focus the budget on was food because we're big foodies. So we decided, okay, well, we can do an open bar at both locations and that helped cover the food and beverage minimum. And then we had buffet style for our dinner and we had basically like a cheese and fruit offering with illuminations. Okay, cool. That's cool. And then you put everybody on a bus to get them over to Hollywood Studios? Yes. We had our transportation for pretty much the entire day. Anything wedding-related, that was all taken care of. That's great. How many guests did you have? It ended up being around 30 at the most. I can't even remember the exact count. It was all close family and friends. Okay, cool. That's always nice because then they can understand, like you said, something that's a little bit unusual, you know, they roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's one thing that I noticed about the Disney weddings is you normally end up having a more intimate wedding, but it's everybody that you would want to spend that day with. So it worked out perfectly for us. That's great. Can you talk a little bit now about a full timeline of the day, like what happened directly after the ceremony and how did everything fit together for anyone who might be considering this option? It is a very long day. I will tell you that. Make sure you get your sleep the night before because me and the girls and my mother were up very early in the morning to make sure we were ready. We did the getting ready photos at the hotel and then we headed over to Morocco to take some more photos. And my husband and I did opt for the first touch photos, which were done in Morocco, and they turned out gorgeous. It was perfect. So by 9 o'clock is when the ceremony started. So we were there about an hour before that to do the photos. So you're up fairly early. And then after the ceremony, their suggestion was to just head back to the hotel and then do whatever we would like for the day. But my husband and I opted to take a walk around the World Showcase directly after the ceremony, which was a very unique experience. I didn't wear my full wedding dress, but I had 
a second option. I actually had my wedding dress cut in half and had a short skirt made. So I was able to wear that around the World Showcase, and he wore his tux. And we just casually strolled around the World Showcase until we went back and changed so that we could head into the park. So we headed over to Epcot around 8 o'clock to start the pre-reception, and we had the photos done with illuminations. And after the photos were done, our guests were still there enjoying the rest of their time at Epcot while they snuck us over to Hollywood Studios so that we could take our photos inside the Tower of Terror lobby, which was a dream come true for me. That started around 10 o'clock, I believe. It was around 10 o'clock when that officially started, and the time just flew by. We had actually considered renting the ride for a portion of the wedding, but I am very glad that we didn't because there would have been no time to enjoy it. The time flew, and then it was already midnight, and we were cutting the cake. And then 2 a.m. rolled around, and it was time to head back to the hotel. Wow. Did you have a DJ or any other entertainment? We did. We had a DJ. I believe it was DJ Miles. He was amazing. And so your guests were okay with the late timeline. Did Were there any kids? Like, how did they do? There was only a couple of kids, and it was my flower girl and then a couple of younger cousins. And it was offered that we did have the transportation throughout the entire reception to where if they wanted to head back early, they had that option, which was great because I know that a few people did take advantage of that. It's a pretty late night for a lot of people, and especially children, so we knew that that was going to be one of the keys to making it flow smoothly for everybody. That's great, yeah. Now, did you guys have a theme or any Disney touches that you added to your event? Our theme was basically just as much Disney as we could possibly do. We had so many Disney touches. My flowers were actually white with red tips for painting the roses red for Alice in Wonderland. My bridesmaids carried Buzz and Woody down the aisle. The guys had the great soda pins. Oh, my gosh, there was even more. Instead of saying, you may now kiss the bride, our officiant sang, kiss the girl from The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Every table was themed after a Disney movie at the reception. So there was quite a few Disney touches, and our cake was Frozen-themed. Wow, okay, cool. So when you were planning, you talked a little bit about food being a very important aspect. Were there any other aspects where you focused your time and budget? For us, the main focus was the experience and the food. We didn't want to focus too much on decor, which is why Wishes was the perfect package for us. Because we were having our wedding in December, and because we were doing all in park, that saved so much on decor, because the parks are decorated perfectly, especially during the holidays. So that was one of our smaller focuses. Oh, interesting. Okay. And any other areas where you were like, yeah, it doesn't really matter. We're going to blow them away with our locations. <laughs> <laughs> decor and floral. The only floral that we had was my bouquet and my bouquet had a break-apart portion of it that I could hand to my mother. So other than that, there was no floral at our wedding, except for petals on the, the aisle runner. Interesting. And so at the, for the reception, no centerpieces? The centerpieces weren't floral at all. So one of our tables was Peter Pan-themed. So we had a couple of lanterns with what looked like Tinkerbell inside. And we had a Winnie the Pooh table, which had honey pots and Eeyore's tail. 
We had a Muppet steam table, because my husband and my father are huge Muppet fans. So that one had Kermit sitting on a piece of driftwood over a rich and famous contract. So it was all little touches like that. That's great. Those are great ideas. So what ended up being your favorite memory of your wedding day? That is so hard to choose. I think (laughs) the fact that we were able to take the photos inside the Tower of Terror lobby because that's what I was hoping for, but we weren't told for sure that we were going to have those. So when Amy took us in, it was just, it was amazing. It was mind-blowing to be able to have your photos done in there. And now every time we're walking, we're like, oh, we had our picture taken here. (laughs) That's fabulous. Did anything go wrong or just not turn out like you expected? I have to say nothing really went wrong. Apparently our chairs were set up wrong in the morning, but I never even saw it. My husband actually had it fixed. They had us facing the garden instead of the pagoda in Japan. And before I even arrived, it was already taken care of. So I was happy about that. Other than that, everything flowed so smoothly. That's interesting. Tell me about that because they do generally face you toward the koi pond and the garden. What did you use as your altar or focus? We used the blue pagoda, which if you've been there during the day where they have their drummers and everything like that, We were able to walk up the steps of the pagoda, and our officiant was on the pagoda. So it was a beautiful backdrop for us. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, that's a really good idea, because when you face the garden, there's sort of this awkward tree arrangement that makes seating a little bit weird. So that's a good way to do it. We did have one little issue with that one tree in front of the blue pagoda. Everybody had to duck under it, but (laughs) it's a funny experience for us now. Watching the video is hilarious. (laughs) And then did you have anything that seemed like a big deal beforehand and then turned out not to be? Just the fact of planning the wedding from so far away seemed like such a big deal. But I have to say our planner, Diane, she she handled me perfectly (laughs) because I was very stressed out like probably every other bride. There's another added stress when you're that far away from your location and we didn't have the the ability to go down and do the food tasting and the cake tasting. So everything was kind of just on a whim. So that was that was a big stress, I have to say. But they made everything perfect. Well, now that's interesting because you guys were foodies and the menu was important, but you weren't able to do a tasting. How did you pick what you were going to have? They sent us that very long menu, and they also gave us the option. They told us if there was anything from any of the restaurants on property that we wanted that they would also be able to incorporate that into our buffet, which we did take advantage of. We had lobster ravioli from Fulton's, which was amazing. But the menu, we basically chose what we thought was a good variety for our guests and one that we would enjoy ourselves. And we just trusted that the Disney chefs would make it amazing, and they did. That's great. I have to say, I sampled everything on our buffet. And it was all perfect. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad to hear that because sometimes you hear brides say, oh, I didn't get to eat a bite of my meal. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's one of the things that I was told in advance before our wedding. The things that I was constantly being told was you're not going to get to eat and you're not going to get to spend that much time with your husband. You'll be spending it with everybody else. And those were the two things that I said, I am not letting that happen. So we were the first ones in line for our buffet, and we spent the entire day together, but with everyone. That is awesome. Is there anything you would have done differently knowing what you know now? 
there's really nothing about that day, even almost a year later, that I would do differently. Every idea that I had, I took it to our planner, and she either said, we'll see if we can do this, or it's perfect, we can do that. So everything turned out exactly as I had pictured it, if not better. That's really great to hear. Do you have any tips or advice for future Disney brides and grooms, particularly if they're interested in a venue that you don't see used a lot? I would say if you have an idea for something, just ask. There's no harm in asking because Tower of Terror was not listed as a venue for us. And I had to, I had to ask and they had to check, but we were able to do it. Every interesting idea that we had, they just took it in stride and said, okay, we'll get that done. So asking is the best thing that you can do. Well, Cammie, thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. I think this is really instructive for people who want to get married at Walt Disney World, especially if they're interested in locations that you don't see used a lot. And I appreciate your taking the time. Of course. I had fun talking about my wedding. What pride doesn't? <laughs> That's our show for today. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate the Disney Wedding Podcast on iTunes so that others will find it. You can also send your comments, questions, and suggestions to info at DisneyWeddingPodcast.com. Past shows are available in iTunes and on the show's website. And for instant answers to all your Disney's Fairy Tale Weddings questions, check out Passporter's Disney Weddings and Honeymoons Guide, available as an interactive ebook with continual free updates at Passporter.com weddings.asp or in print at Passporter.com and Amazon.com.